Hey, everybody. Welcome to Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis. This week, I spoke with Will Fong and Calvin Chan, the co-founders of the retail space department located in Taipei's Huasan 1914 Creative Park. Department is not a traditional retail store. They're utilizing the space they have at Huasan to showcase clothing, but also to hold special events with collaborators. They've created a space that is adaptable, able to facilitate their creative ideas while growing and changing along with their tastes and interests. So let's go to the interview. We start with Will telling us how Department came to be. I think sort of the inception of Department was years and years in the making for for me and Calvin. Um, We started out just talking about, hey, let's build a sneaker shop. Right, because we love sneakers, and we're at we're at an age or a stage in our life where we could do that. Um, but at the same time, we're also at an age and stage in our life where that's probably not the most responsible thing to do. So we expanded on it and said, you know, how can we really add value to the industry while also representing who we are and filling voids that we think are out there right now in retail, not, not just in Taiwan, but I think in the entire world. So department came about in Taipei. Uh, Calvin lives here because we really feel like Taiwan and Taipei is a gateway right, to Asia. China's sort of the, the new frontier for a lot of Western brands. Hong Kong's already oversaturated. So Taipei has really created more of this like landing zone for some of these brands and given us an opportunity to build an entryway right, for some of these brands to launch safely while testing the Asian market. So that's how location came about. Um, I think Huasan was always first on our list just because of how beautiful the actual space is, the greenery, how open it is. It's also off the beaten path, which is exactly what we want it to be, um, you know, versus your traditional Xinyi or Dongchu, like retail spaces. Um, I don't think anywhere else in Taipei you can get 5,000 total square feet with our courtyard and cafe and the store with literally grass, uh, you know, backyard essentially, as well as the kind of traffic that you get here. So it was a great fusion of all the things that we really loved from our own lives. You know, like Calvin's really outdoorsy. Um, we're both from the States, and that's something that you can't get in a lot of big cities. Right? So Huasan was our, was our number one priority, and once we were able to secure Huasan, um, it just really came about designing the space and how to make it uh, represent the brands, first and foremost, uh, and also a little bit of ourselves. Walk me through how you went about designing the store. Our design team uh, is technically in-house, but they are a, it's actually a Japanese-American couple who I've actually known for quite a long time from my previous jobs. And they wanted us to represent us by welcoming our customers almost into our home. Just like in your house, for example, uh, if we were to visit, everything you've purchased on your travels or you know, things that you're interested in, uh, the fashion that you're into, uh, you really have passion for it, right? Because you've made the effort to, to buy it and bring it home. That's what we wanted all the brands to feel like. So we wanted a way to showcase that home feel uh, as well as how we've curated the brands without being over-designed. So, so we developed this... Uh, I guess not technology method, um, so that we could almost blueprint or outline the house or the home, the ideas, and also outline various fixtures or things that remind you of a house um, conceptually. Uh, so really, you're walking in uh, to our home, right? um, and the idea behind that is you can kind of 
create your own image of what this house might be like if it were yours. And also as we explain to you the brands and, and the concepts, yeah, you form your own stories and things like that. So it's not completely finished yet. Could you talk about the experience that you guys have um, before opening the store department? Okay, sure. So our backgrounds are very, very different. Um, I think probably the mo- the biggest takeaway about our company, we're, we're a new company, right? We've only been around for a year or so, um, is we come from all industries, different countries, all walks of life, and, uh, you know, different ages. So not everyone is the same age or same sort of work experience um, to, to sort of start a business together, right? Uh, the entrepreneurial culture is very strong here. Um, personally, my background is uh, originally finance. Um, I spent a lot of time uh, in the private equity industry where, you know, all I did was look at investments, meet companies, cut deals. Um, and then eventually I, I sort of grew out of that and moved on to the bicycle industry uh, because that is the sport that I love tremendously. Um, and I wanted to find a way to get involved in that. Um, and, and through uh, some some coincidences and, and just pure luck, I, I ended up being in Taiwan because of my wife. And Taiwan happens also to be one of the biggest uh, bicycle sort of uh, manufacturing or, or related countries in the world. Um, it, it's really the hub of bicycles. I think uh, Will, you know, his background, Apple Retail, Ralph Lauren, we have people from Tiffany & Co., GQ, also from Nike, and and I think what that all means is when it all comes together, it it really represents our culture, it really represents our lifestyle, and ultimately, when you look around our store and you look at the brands that we carry, all of that shines through, right? Will was talking about our store is... It wants. It's supposed to be inviting. It's supposed to give you an abstract feeling of what a home should be like. Um, frankly, I think it, it's really an abstract representation of the homes of our entire team as if we moved in together, right? So when you think about in college, you go to your friend's apartment, they have roommates, and you, you don't know all of them, but it's really interesting to meet people and check out what they have. And, and, and really, that's the... The feeling we want to evoke, right? We want people to come in and be like, oh, they're very curious. They want to learn more. And, and that's, you know, our experience that ties into our store and sort of our retail concept. So the store is basically influenced by everybody's interests and uh, you kind of just all coalesce into this one store. Uh, could you talk about how you procured investment from Taiwan's Pochen Group? I think... Um, this is a very interesting story, and uh, I will try to explain as much as I can without getting in trouble. As you know, you know Taiwan has a lot of big, big manufacturing businesses that have been around for decades. Um, they all started at a, I think, at a, at a, in a time when Taiwan was one of the strongest manufacturing countries in Asia. Um, and, and as these companies have grown and as their clients have grown, a lot of them started trying to understand what the future holds for manufacturing and what the future holds for them. And you've seen this probably over the last one or two decades, right? Taiwanese manufacturers want to become brands. They want to break out of this very traditional mindset of being a, a, a OEM or an ODM, so to speak. Um, and by and large, it has not been very successful, right? It's very, it's probably difficult to, you know, think of internationally recognized Taiwan consumer brands. 
I mean, I'm from bicycle industry, so I can think of Giant, right? That that's a global brand. But how many giants are there in Taiwan versus manufacturers? Um, I went to university with the uh, CEO of Paochen. Uh, that's when we met, when we were like 18, I guess, and we had always kept in touch. She uh, was very supportive of us when we approached her with an idea of creating a new retail concept here in Taiwan. And so she agreed to give us some investment. I think the rationale, and this is me thinking out loud a little bit, but as a the world's largest manufacturer of sneakers, as China's second largest sportswear retailer, my sense is it's probably valuable to have something that represents the tip of the pyramid or the tip of the iceberg when it comes to brands, um, new brands or new opportunities. Like, what's the most exciting, you know, products that people are currently, ex- you know, using or wanting to buy, and then thinking about how that can translate into a very, very large manufacturing or retail business. So I think that that's probably how it all came about. You know, a little bit of luck and and just fortuitous timing. Uh, so that's basically how DPT is bridging the gap between the fashion industry and the manufacturing. Okay. So what sets DPT apart from other retail stores in Taiwan, other than your links to manufacturing? I think we did a lot of research when building department uh, and trying to conceptualize, you know, what we would do. And the biggest difference for us is this space can really be used by each brand as they see fit. I think we're not so married to the idea of this is our store and this is how we want it. We've had multiple brands already um, since we've opened um, come in and do takeovers. Um, we have plans to do even more in the future. Um, a takeover can be everything from use our entire store, right, uh, and make it your brand for for a week, for the day, for the weekend. Um, it can be take over half the store. It can be use our courtyard. It can be use our cafe. Um, it can be throw a concert in the building next door. Um, we have literally endless options at this store. And I think if you look around in Taipei or maybe even anywhere in the world, like who is willing to use their retail space for that purpose? Um, that's why we built department. Um, and I think that's something very special that as we develop our relationships, um, people are really starting to realize it. Um, we're fortunate to have a lot of really good partners around the world, and slowly uh, they want to start bridging that gap between either Europe or U.S. and Asia. And I think for them, the best way to do it isn't to enter into another store and be another brand on a rack. It's literally to have their own retail feel. Uh, for a lot of brands that don't even have their own retail stores in their home countries, um, our store sometimes is the very first like retail location that they will ever have, um, and that's our goal, right? Is to make sure that we do that, uh, just like any brand would do it on their own. It's more of an interactive experience, right? You want people to come in and be introduced to these brands, but also have the brands be able to uh, conceptualize the store to their own vision, I guess. Yeah. I think a lot of what we want to do is also educate. Um, we do have brands that are exclusive to department uh, for Taiwan, um, or brands that are in Asia for the first time, and their first time isn't in Hong Kong or Shanghai. Um, it's actually in Taiwan. Um, so that idea uh, again just relates back to our original concept of um, showing people what it is 
part of our part of our lives or our backgrounds and people that we've met along the way um, and really telling their stories um, we love storytelling uh, that's one of the biggest themes to department and you know what better way to do that than in our store so what need does dpt meet we, we talk a lot about online mm. and how you can really buy anything you want anytime you want and get it same day in a lot of cases so brick and mortar in general so not specifically department but brick and mortar fashion uh has really fallen off uh in the last decade right and you you see it everywhere even uh, the biggest brands in the world right are are forced to close down their flagships and and rethink their future well i think some of our friends and family thought we were crazy when last year uh, we opened this store in this kind of retail environment um but that's not what department is for. If we wanted to sell a million units, um, yes, we'd be crazy uh, to open right now in this environment. But uh, what need that department fills is you can't touch and feel a brand online. So if you're already familiar with it, if you already know exactly the materials and the sizing and what you're trying to get, then you don't need department. But if You've maybe heard of this brand or you've seen it on social media, but you want to get a real feel for it. You want to see it in real life. You want to pair it with another brand that maybe you are familiar with. Um, That's what we're here for. We're here to teach you. We're here to let you literally try it on. We're here to let you see it in the environment that we feel it was meant to be in versus two-dimensional on a screen, right, on your phone, on your computer. We're also very much into lifestyling our product, so it's not just about Nike being worn completely together with nike it's not about you know these fashion brands being worn down the runway like they're showcased uh, online it's about mixing and matching right Um, sometimes you wear uh, certain brands um, for different activities like for work you switch it up on the weekends but you can also intermix those things Um, that's very apparent and visible inside our store again versus what you experience online Uh, so what are some of the influences Uh, when it comes to brand curation given that our store is very much about a lifestyle concept um, we're really not uh, uh, married to any product category or any brands what we're married to is you know how we want to enjoy our free time enjoy products enjoy consuming media um, enjoy food and beverage and we're going to continue to evolve based on us evolving right you know we we aren't static consumers ourselves and we believe no one is so when it comes to what what inspires us i I think it's it's important that we 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 know what we are we know what sort of big buckets or silos that we enjoy we like and then it's it's sort of this continuous search for the next great idea, the next coolest product, or, or the next interesting drink for, to put in our cafe. So these, what are these buckets? Sports, music, art, entertainment, movies, uh, design, you know, books. All of these things appeal to us, you know, fundamentally. Is there a specific brand or a specific product? I think that just depends on when that question is asked. I can say that from before we opened the store to now, and it's only been six months, things have already changed. We've tweaked our cafe menu. We've removed some product from the store. We've added new brands. Like at the end of the day, the store department is almost 
an organism, right? Uh, anytime you come in is a snapshot of what we like at that moment in time. And so what we hope is that every time you come in, you see something new. You see something that we just discovered. You see something that we just found in another country and we want to share with this market. And so that's what we, we are about and that's what inspires us. You're basically tastemakers. I, I think Will is a tastemaker. I'm not a tastemaker. <laughs> I think, you know, to, to Calvin's point, uh, it is very much about what we're passionate about, what we believe in, not just what's hyped at the moment, not just what might be cool on Instagram um, for this season. A lot of the brands we carry have been around a long time, right? Most of the brands we carry, we are close with the founders or the designers, and that really allows us to get a deeper understanding of who they are as people, who they are as brands, what direction they're planning to go. You know, I don't, I don't think every retailer can say that. And I think what we bring to the market specifically is, you know, not everyone can travel the way buyers travel or the way we are able to for this business. So we have a lot more insight than a lot of the local consumers here. So yes, you can see things on social media these days, which has really increased um, awareness and scope, but uh, it's different when you're actually at a show. Um, when you're talking to a designer backstage, when you're seeing the design process, feeling these materials that might have never been on the market before, how vibrant the colors are. That's how we make our decisions, really trying to service our customers and the community. Do you plan on uh, expanding to other cities or countries in Taiwan or elsewhere? I think we want to uh, maintain an open mind about expansion. Um, Clearly, given where retail is on a macro level expanding in retail isn't necessarily the most prudent thing a retailer actually should be doing Um, I think we're very focused on quality versus quantity Um, to be honest with you managing department and our cafe coffee department where we have over 30 brands it's almost like opening 30 stores right the process is multiplied by 30 Because you have to order, you go visit the brands, you have to liaise with them, they ship you product, you do it 30 times. Whereas when you open a single branded store, you do it once. So in some sense, there's a huge amount of manpower that goes into running department that, to be honest with you, I don't think consumers really see. There's a huge amount of resources and commitment we we have to provide in order to have events where Steve Aoki visits. Again, you know, the consumer sees the end product they don't see the amount of effort that goes in i think we're not ready to dilute that experience by either aggressively expand, uh, expanding or you know losing control of what this 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 is um and and that really requires a lot of will's time a lot of mind time and so i think until we're ready until we feel like um things are more on cruise control or on autopilot where we can spend time on a new location on a new cafe we want to make sure we're doing what we have right is that the hardest part of this process has been so far just the work that you have to do to get 30 brands in a store and maintaining that yeah i think anytime you want to try and be the best in anything is super difficult and i think when we first set off to start this company it was never to compromise it was never to create anything other than one of the leading retail locations in taiwan um and to think that was just a year and a bit ago um until this point where you know i think we might not be the best but i think we're, we're getting close to being right up there 
given a function of more time, we will continue to climb up. You need to go all in, right? It can be the smallest detail from how the logos look on your coffee cups to really important things such as how much money you spend on uh, any given brand or how much money you spend on renovations or design. It's sort of this, I think, uh, spirit that uh, our, our, our team has, which is we're going to go all in. We're going to do everything to the best of our ability because we believe that Taiwan as a retail market should have a, a, a retail location that all tourists and visitors must visit. Right? We, we come from different countries. We've traveled all over the world. And when we come to Taipei, we hadn't seen that. Right, we know we have to go to the night market. Like, why is there no equivalent for retail here? We've seen it in other countries, so we just decided, right, this is our backyard. We want to do something for this place, and so that has been the biggest challenge. Which uh, which cities do you like to travel to for retail? You know, I'm from New York, so New York is definitely where I gathered a lot of inspiration. Calvin and I took a trip specifically to New York just for inspiration. Um, so yeah, I have to go with my, I guess, home now, um, New York. Uh, Where in New York is like Brooklyn or uh, more Manhattan? More Manhattan. I'm I'm a little less hipster than uh, I probably should be for what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, just working at Ralph Lauren for for so many years uh, in, in essentially the heart of Manhattan. Um, uh, that that's what I'm most comfortable with. I think it's also the most diverse um brooklyn's cool and great and there's actually a lot of great retailers in brooklyn but for me again manhattan offers the luxury the street right the commercial the the starving artists and musicians that haven't made it out to brooklyn yet right um so to me it's a much sort of bigger essentially melting pot for which is exactly what new york is than some of the really more niche uh, boroughs or retailers or even cities. How about you, Kevin? I personally really enjoy going to Tokyo in Japan. I think for everything that Will and I are aspiring to do, there are lots of Japanese retailers who have been doing it for years and years and even decades. And, And it's really quite amazing that they had spent so much time you know, developing retail, developing concept retail, working with brands, trying to tell their stories. And and I think a lot of it was a function of almost language, right? Most Japanese consumers just can't even read the English. So someone needed to sort of be that conduit. That's what Will and I are trying to do out here. And so to go to a place where people have been doing it for so long, you, you, you can see all the hard work, right? You, you know that right? we're in year one, they're in like year 20. And, and, and that's very inspiring. It's, it's very inspiring. Yeah. You can learn a lot from them, right? What's the what's the biggest thing that you've learned going to Tokyo and going to all these different stores? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've learned, especially since now that we've spent some time in industry, we've actually started to meet some of these people on a professional and a personal basis, is the amount of patience you need. This is not, you know, finance or accounting or or a job where it's all about getting things done as quickly as possible. This is a, a, an industry where you know, creativity, uh, sort of uh, patience, it, it, it all comes together. You can't rush making a good product. And this is an industry where people are willing to wait. And that applies not only to products, but to the relationships. So I think the, the biggest thing I learned is the patience, the persistence 
of Japanese retailers who built these relationships, maintained them, cultivated them, and grew them over years and years. And, and what we see now, again, right, we don't see the hard work. But once you sort of pull back the curtain and you take a look, you're just like, wow, you know, we still have a long way to go. So they use the dedication to get to that point for them. Absolutely. And uh, last question, Will, when are you going to move to Taiwan? <laughs> I pretty much already live here, uh, if you ask my wife, um, who's, who's still living in Hong Kong. Um, I spend 75% of my time here. I think when we started the company, Taiwan was definitely a location we wanted retail to be in. But I think when you look at doing business across Asia, um, Hong Kong is probably still king. Right. Um, you have access to China. Of course, you have access to here. But then you look at Southeast Asia. There's a lot of brand partnerships that develop in Hong Kong, but then expand out here to Taiwan. So uh, Hong Kong is still very important to us strategically because we're focusing, as Calvin mentioned, 100% of our effort on department and, and this location. Um, it is definitely where I'm spending most of my time. But um, if we're looking at future I think Hong Kong, not to say that that's where retail will be, but where a lot of our investments um, in the relationships, uh, I think, will come out of Hong Kong as well. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So I went back to the department a few weeks after the interview, and just like they said, the experience I had was different from the first. The products on display had changed, and the layout was different. I also want to say that their cookie at the cafe behind the store is out of this world. I highly recommend it. If you're in the area, check out Department, or DPT, to see their vision for how brick-and-mortar retail is evolving. I'd like to thank Will Fong and Calvin Chan for their interview, and a special thanks to Elisa Chu for making the connection. Thanks for listening to ICRT's Taiwan Talk. I'm Alex Lewis.